This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock. Joe, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? Pretty quiet overnight. We do have a rebound for soybean futures. They've come down to, uh, to test around this $13 mark. So important support here potentially being held up. We've got some relief in the outside markets. Soy uh, beans have been tied closely to crude oil here as of late, and the slide lower for the energy market has put some weight on the uh, soy complex. You get that weakness in the soybean oil with the domestic processing sector and the biodiesel program feeling it there. Uh, but we do, again, have that uh, slightly higher crude oil market to look at overnight. For corn, just a bit higher here. Yesterday caught in between the weaker soybeans and the stronger wheat. That's something we're going to keep a close eye on here. The wheat market providing some rare leadership here. It's a five-session straight rally in Chicago. That Chicago futures market is the soft red wheat market, and that's what we had another daily sales announcement for here this morning. Some soft red wheat sold to China again. This follows up a recent sale here last week to China and uh, really puts soft red wheat exports on a much better track here And all of a sudden, there's just an overall shift, it seems. We want to be careful. This wheat market, as much as it's been bearish here, trying to think it's it's turning around, but uh, we have observed higher prices abroad. Russian wheat prices have gone up over the past couple of months. Those were the real source of pressure for so long that we had big exports coming out of that region still. You've got offers for export out of France, another big competitor here rising lately. So, some better footing for the wheat market, ultimately, and maybe providing uh, some upside for the rest of the space here. And to that very last point, Joe, why is it, how does that work that if the, you know, sales of wheat, for example, like you just talked about going to China, can kind of raise up some of the other commodities or kind of bring them along with it? How does that relationship work? Yeah, well, we uh, wonder if wheat, like uh, corn or soybeans to a lesser extent, have just slid far enough that we're talking about the adage that low prices are the cure for low prices, and wheat can be an example, at least, of what we know can happen with corn. And we did have a bit of that here to start the week, some corn sales to Mexico. Mexico is, uh, by and large, uh, far uh, by far our top buyer of corn this season. But we think that can apply, too, to other buyers, Japan stepping in uh, more frequently here as of late, And when we think about wheat and the sales to China, that's also what we think about as a possibility for corn, that China would step in here over the coming few weeks and potentially buy some U.S. corn after this price slide that we've been in for the last couple of months here. And so it is a a market that may be finding some uh, fundamental support, having gone low enough to really stir up better demand. So wheat's the example that that may uh, lead the corn higher. And uh, eventually, if you have corn and wheat going up, I think it uh, provides some return to to bullishness, uh, if you will, on the soybeans. Joe, let's switch over to the other side of the ag marketplace. We are a little bit into broken record territory, but it was not a good day again for the cattle market yesterday. Right. Still spiraling lower here. We're reminded that these futures are coming off of all-time highs reached earlier this year. So there is uh, and has been room to come lower 
but we've gotten to a point where the futures have really separated from the cash, and we know there are two very different markets. They're supposed to be related, and I think eventually they'll become more intertwined again, and that can be a source of support for the board because that's what we're looking at now. All of a sudden, the cattle futures have overshot on the downside relative to these cash markets. We look at uh, for December live cattle futures trading just north of 167. We're talking about live bids at the least at 173 or higher. So that's about a $5 uh, premium for cash over the board. Similar story for feeders where we talk about the real-time feeder index at 224 and the nearby January feeder futures at 210. So a $10 premium there. And that, again, is something where we can say, all right, maybe this has gone a little bit too far for the moment, and uh, that could spark some fundamental buying uh, hedgers stepping in from the long side. Ultimately, though, it has been a speculative spiral. You get uh, those fund traders wanting to rush for the exits and ditch their positions that they had built up, bullish bets that they had held for so long in the cattle market, and uh, it's something that turns the technicals negative and then snowballs into the type of move that we've observed here as of late. But again, I think the way the cash market's holding up, that we've got fundamental strength here still in the in the storyline of there being tight supplies and good demand, uh, we could be near the end, at least for now, of this uh, downturn. Any better news in the hog market? What are we looking at there? We're a little bit more stable here than uh, we have been after this slide down from the early November. November highs, uh, similar to the uh, cattle story, you have this December contract going into expiration in about 10 days and it holding a, a good uh, discount down from the CME cash index, which it settles uh, toward. And so we should see some convergence, potentially the futures coming up towards uh, where we would see a, as better cash values. Ultimately, though, the futures are uh, doing their job, and the structure is such that you've got cheaper prices for the current uh, nearby contracts, that reflecting ample enough supply here in the near term, but then higher prices and some premium building into the back months, and that would also line up with what we know to be a declining production outlook as we turn the calendar year. And it fits, too, with what we should expect seasonally. It's about this first week or two of December that hogs can normally put in a bottom, and then we could see futures go higher for the few, first few months at least of 2024. Joe Camp of Comstock, our guest here today. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information? Well, we've got our website, Comstock.com, has access to our daily report, plus all of our contact info. Joe, thanks so much for the time, as always, and have a great week. Thanks, you too. We'll talk to you next week. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It is time now for a check of the numbers. March corn up four and a quarter at 489 and three quarters. January soybeans up seven and a half at 1313 and three quarters. January soybean meal up three dollars even at 411.30. January soybean oil down six cents at 51.18. Chicago wheat up nine and three quarters at 6.30 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat up five and a quarter at 7.41 and a half. Kansas City hard red wheat up nine and a quarter at 6.67 even. And March oats up two even at 3.97 even. On the Merck, December live cattle up 10 cents at 167.35. January feeder cattle up $1.62 at 212.15. December lean hogs down 52 cents at 67.52. December pork cutout down 40 cents at 81.25. And class three milk up two cents at 16.18. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. <laughs>